The Lord's up to something, and it's good. God is still good, isn't he? It's very important, and I've said this many times, but it's very important that we don't judge God by what's going on in the earth presently, right? Because there are many things that are happening behind the scenes, right? And I've said this many times, but we should be reminded of this. For three days, the devil had convinced the world. I think the devil knew instantly, but for three days, uh, the, uh, the world thought that Jesus was gone, that Jesus was dead. Remember, we should be reminded of this. But who knows that the victory happened the moment Jesus said, it is finished. But for three days, the world didn't experience the victory, did they? In fact, it was really, uh, you know, for some unraveling of time, really, till Jesus fully, somewhat 40 days later, when he fully even revealed the fullness and said, now wait for the Holy Spirit, it was six weeks had gone by before really the fullness of the miracle was unraveled. Isn't that amazing to think about? God is on the scene. God's on the move. God's up to something. We need to actually start representing that. I believe that you need to start uh, changing the tone of your prayers. We plead with him and we cry out to him and we need to do that. But once we get the will of God, once we start to get the heart of God, there's a crying out first. Go through your word. The prophets would cry out to the Lord. They would plead before the Lord. They would seek the Lord. Then the Lord would put a word in their heart. And then they started declaring that word. Right, so that's where we're coming into. We now we need to just start declaring, and we've done some of that throughout this time, but we need to really start to just claim this land again, claim this valley again, start to really proclaim that our families are the Lord, our houses are the Lord, this land is the Lord's, that this virus is going to go. It's had its time, it's had its course. These things, whether it was God, the devil, or just Living on this earth, seasons come and seasons go, and when and and, and I hate the heat. I hate summer heat. I love going in the ocean. I love the heat and, and when I'm swimming, but because I work outside, I don't enjoy it, but I never, ever wish it away because then before you, you're wishing your whole life away, you know, passing seasons by. But once it changes and it's 37 degrees outside and it's October and I put on a flannel, I'm very excited. And I say, okay, I didn't wish it away. I endured it, got through it, made the best of it, but let's just grab a hold of where we're at now in the time. Okay, we've gotten through it, but let's not just just call this thing normal and just sit in this thing and well this is how it's going to be let's begin to embrace what the lord is doing the season's changing amen 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 okay well that was not an intro to my sermon that's just some things the holy spirit had to say today and uh i want to get right into what the lord's been uh had us in uh for the last two weeks i've been in the book of nehemiah and i want to just read some things uh, again out of Nehemiah for this third week, and um, I really believe that the Lord has been giving us some strategies, and uh, two weeks ago, the, the sermon was titled Brick by Brick, and basically, you know, the, the premise of the sermon was to keep going. You get to that halfway point, don't get tired, just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, and we need to keep doing that, We need and, and we need to keep pressing in, we need to keep praying, seek keep seeking God, and stay steady. And then last week, am I going too fast? Sometimes I get talking fast because I know I want to say a lot, and, and I'm watching that clock. So uh, for your sake, so uh, hopefully I'm not moving too quickly. But uh, last week was be on guard. And it's because while we're doing that, 
While we're praying, we need to be aware that the enemy has got his plans and his tactics. He's going to try to stop that work. He's going to try to stop you. And so I started to talk about that. And what I want to do is springboard from there. And, and ultimately, uh, what I want to talk about is how, firstly, we need to stay steady in what he's given us to do. We need to be on guard. And then last week, the Lord surprised me and really made it much more about being on guard for the Lord's coming than being on guard for the devil's coming. We know the devil's coming, but sometimes we forget that the Lord is coming. Sometimes we're more aware that, you know, of the devil's circumstances. He makes his circumstances really, really clear around us. We need to be reminded that the Lord's coming again, and that means that we need to get some things done. He's given us a particular amount of talents. He's given us a particular amount of abilities, and he's given us a particular breath to breathe, right? And uh, you can't change that. Well, I mean, you could change it in, in a sense, but I mean... God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. Now, you could change it prematurely, but I mean, the breasts that you have, God's given them to you. You can't make yourself have extra breasts. Um, you could certainly, I guess, give yourself less breath, but you can't give yourself more. And so we need to be diligent with what he's given us. And he talks about the talents that the ones that were diligent, God was pleased with. The one that did not use what God gave him, but wasted it and just lived on this earth occupied in a lazy state, not occupied in the place that the Lord's asking us to occupy. God was not pleased with him. In fact, it even points to, but it's not crystal clear, but it looks like the Lord even sent him to hell. I think it's clear, but I don't want to say that, and then I get in trouble because I said that because, like, well, what do you mean? That was God's servant, so I'm not even going to get into that, but it looks like that he even went to hell because he said gnashing of teeth and some of the key words there. So, the Lord has us in a place right now where we're steady, we're doing, we're guarded. Okay, Lord, we've got these things right. But what we must not forget right now is that the Lord always wants to be intimate with us. That in the midst of all of it, you know, in the midst of everything that we're doing and everything that's going on, we must not forget the original creation idea. That God had. Sometimes it's so much about the struggle that we forget about why we're struggling, right? Sometimes, you know, you kind of lose focus. Like, why am I even? Is it just to survive? Are we only just trying to survive? Or is there something greater? Ultimately, the reason God made us is because he wanted companion and fellowship with us. Companionship and fellowship with us. That's the reason he made Adam and Eve. Sin got in the way. Junk gets in the way. Stuff gets in the way. The devil's good at putting stuff in your way. And we're good at liking the stuff he puts in our way and getting distracted, getting off, and walking away from the Lord. And suddenly we're like, wow, where'd we go? I believe that the Lord is speaking something to us today. And I'm going to start with this verse, then I want to read just some things quickly in Nehemiah, but I'm going to start right with this. It says in Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to read out of the Amplified today, verse 10, and I liked it in the Amplified because I believe the Lord had a key word for me today, which was this word draw. Sometimes when I'm studying, and if you've ever done a sermon before, some of you have even just one time, but whenever you've done that, Sometimes the Lord will have a theme. It's not always like that. 
but it's easier for a preacher to have a theme. Uh, so sometimes uh, the Lord will give me a key word so that I can connect the dots in a greater way than my mind could connect them. And that's what he did for me this week. And uh, so suddenly I'm like, Lord, I feel like there's a verse. I, I know there's a verse you're trying to get me to. And it's this word draw. And then it was only in the Amplified. It's in some of the other translations. But in my Bible, I have a selection of Bibles in my app. It was in the Amplified. And, and there it was. And it says, in conclusion, and you know this verse, but I love how it said it in the Amplified because it says, be strong in the Lord. Everybody say, be strong in the Lord. And it says, be empowered through your union with him. We need to recognize something. Ephesians 6, especially these next verses, which I'm not going to get into a whole study on Ephesians 6 today. I just want to start here and then go somewhere. But this whole chunk of scripture is talking about us being strong and being armored to be able to handle the devil's plans and purposes on this earth, right? That's what the whole point of these scriptures are for. But yet, Jesus was here uh, on a mission, just like we are here on a mission, and he was going to conquer the devil with the cross, which he did, and he was going to show himself to the disciples and raise them up, he was doing some miracles in the surrounding towns to show himself strong and completed his mission, completed his purpose. In the midst of that whole time on this earth, it's very, very clear that Jesus was simultaneously still intimate with the Father and the Holy Spirit. That Jesus was on a mission, but sometimes the mission I don't know it because he was in a flesh body. If he just got tired or if he just needed to refuel. He's just teaching us that you're just like your human body does, your spiritual body does. And who, who knows it, right? That Jesus would draw away. He, would with, he withdrew from the crowds and he would just draw away from the crowds and draw closer to the Lord and spend time with the Lord. And I remember one of the most uh, famous ones for me personally that he did that was when he lost his cousin John, they beheaded him, and then um, he just, he's actually sad. The Bible says he's sad, and he's, he's, kind of, he's mourning, and he just wants to be alone, and he's trying, and the, and, and, and the crowds are pressing on him, and, and he finally gets to come away, so he goes away, spends some time with the Lord all night. It says he was there all night with the Lord, he comes down the mountain, and instantly he's greeted by crowds. And then, you know, back to the mission, back to the plan. He has compassion on them, and there's some, uh, some great miracles right there in that valley. I believe that it's so, so, so important right now that while we are, you might be prepping in your home, putting some food and water in your basements. Maybe you're just pre prepping mentally. You know, and, and you're getting money in line and things in order and trying to just make the best of things. And, and, and we are praying for things to change. And, and so, somewhere in there, though, we can't just pray to God. But we must pray with God. God wants to be intimate with us. There's 
It still has to be done, okay? I'm not telling you not to do the mission because Jesus did the mission, but he didn't forget that I'm his, this is my father, I'm his son. We love each other and the Holy Spirit, we're intimate. That somehow we have to be about the mission and yet still be one. And I just found this in Nehemiah, there's a tactic you can get so busy in doing and so busy in the craziness and even so busy praying about the issues that we forget to just pray to the Lord, just to talk to the Lord and be with the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that the issue is irrelevant and that it's still not 911. I still believe it's 911. We still need to keep praying now more than ever. But that our strength comes. Ready? Here's where we go. It's our union with him and that you can't do anything. This is so weird. Isn't, isn't God's word amazing? And isn't God, isn't it just wild? He doesn't have to, God doesn't have to follow science. God doesn't have to follow the natural laws. You can't even pray without the strength of the Lord. Yet you have to pray to the Lord for the strength of the Lord. How does that even work? How does it even work that Jesus does everything for you, and yet, uh, key word, Jeannie's going to be bringing it, invitation, yet there's an invitation that we must answer. Isn't that amazing? We were just chatting before the service, and I said, you know, the Lord says, behold, I'm knocking at your door. I'm knocking at your, your heart's door. But you have to open the door. And it's because of that mutual, it's because of the intimacy. There's something supernatural that you can't do. It's all the Lord. It's all him. And yet it requires you. How's that possible? How can it be 100% him and yet it's partially you? And this is what we must know right now. That your strength, especially if you're going to be praying for things coming and things happening and I mean, I don't even want to touch this, but just for your own safety. If you were to go into a hostile territory right now, let's say, you know, we are still at war in the world, which is strange because we don't realize it, but the war in the Middle East has not ended. Nobody said the war's over. We're still over there. We still have an enormous amount of soldiers over there. If one of you just got up and just like went over there and was like, I'm just going to go fight with them today. It would be really foolish because you're not prepared, because you haven't done anything to train, because you don't have the, the mental, physical capacities that's required to be out there on the battlefield with them. I don't want to major today because it, it matters for your protection, but it's something I just want you to be aware of, that the enemy is a skilled warrior that is defeated and is no match for the Lord. Amen. I want you to say it out loud. The devil is no match for our Lord. He was defeated on the cross, right? The cross was nailed. You know, they put the nail, they put the cross into the skull, right? It's the place of the skull. That's death. You know, they placed that cross. It is hammered right through the top, right through the head of the skull, right? Jesus put his foot on the serpent. He crushed the lion under his feet, right? Under his feet is the skull. Death is defeated, okay? Period. Your human 
nature and your human body is no match for the devil. The devil's no match for God, but you are no match for the devil. He's got you outwitted and figured out before you're even born. Because all he has to do is with his myriad of time, outside of natural and the supernatural, like God, but not, not ultimately like God. He's not omnipresent, right? But he just looks at your granddaddy and your great-granddaddy and your mama, <laughs> goes down, and he knows probably what your struggle is going to be before you know it. And then you come out there and you start praying, Lord, I pray for this nation, and I pray for this president. Let me tell you something right now. It's such, it doesn't say it in the Bible, so take it with a grain of salt. But is it possible that Jesus couldn't do the miracles that morning without spending the time, the time with his Father? He's Jesus, so maybe he didn't need to spend any time with his Father. Maybe he just did it because he needed it. I, I, I'm not saying either or. I don't, I'm not saying I think that. I'm just, just proposing to you some things to think about. Our strength must come from him ultimately because you're in him. You're just with him. It's not even like I'm going to him to get strength. Does this make sense? But yet, if I don't do it, I'm going to notice my lack of it, okay? I'm not training for battle because I'm going to go to one. I'm aware that the battle is on, and I'm going to be trained all the time because that's to protect us and to keep us safe and to keep myself safe, mentally, physically, and spiritually, right? That's why we stay in the Word. That's why we stay together. We're not getting off and alone. You get by yourself, we get weird, right? Come on, you know it. When you were Christian, you were by your, there are seasons, we've all been by ourselves, we get weird. The accountability is from the Lord. It's iron sharpening iron, not the Word of God sharpening iron. The Word of God's between the two pieces of iron. That's the abrasiveness that rubs us, rubs the, the rust off and gets us polished up. Amen. All right, so all those things are important, and... But ultimately, it's, it's just like it's hard to even preach because it's such a fine line. But I'm not going to the Lord to get strength. I'm going to the Lord because he's my Lord. I just want to be with him. I want to spend time with him. And something supernatural happens in that place. Yes, it's going to benefit me in that battle against the devil that day because he's coming. I promise you, you didn't face the devil yet. Today, you will. He doesn't need to win in your day, right? You know when you let him win, and you know when the Lord spoke to you through the Holy Spirit, and you stood against him through the Holy Spirit's power, don't you? We're fully aware. Come on, the more you walk with the Lord, he ain't fooling anybody. We know. We must be in a place where we are drawing something from Jesus. We need to draw from him right now. The Lord's got an offer today that we can draw from him. Draw your strength from him. 
It says that strength which is his boundless might provides. The Lord is offering us an intimacy that brings so much strength and so much power that we don't even understand. The devil is no match for it. And yet, we're not even going to the Lord to get it. We're going to the Lord for the Lord, and then we just have it. I know I'm saying that over and over again, but I really want us to get that today. That my sermon today is not about protecting you. It's about being with the Lord, staying in that place with the Lord. But it will give you protection. Amen. Do we get that? It's going to be greatly beneficial for you. You could be in a kind of a wobbling place and die. The Lord loves you. He welcomes you into heaven. But he's going to say to you, you know, why didn't you stay closer to me? Not because I didn't care about you. Why didn't you stay close to me? Why didn't you stay close to me? I love you. You're in heaven, but you, you, missed, you missed some things, and you missed out on some things. And I shared that dream a few weeks ago where the Lord warned me of that, where I died and went to heaven early, and the Lord said it was because I wasn't praying. I wasn't seeking him. Some years ago, I had this dream. It was very, very powerful. And I was so filled with joy, though, still because I, I felt the heart and love of Jesus in his eyes when he said it to me. And so we need to know that it's for our own benefit and for our sake. It's like the whole word of God. I've said this like a broken record, and it won't be the last time I say it. You can look at the word of God as law, like a father that says you cannot go out past 10 p.m., young lady. Or you can look at your father and say, wow, my father really loves me because he doesn't want me out past 10 p.m. We can look at the word of God and see the love of God or we can see the law of God. Isn't it funny we're freed from the law? doesn't mean the Bible went away. It means that our hearts, to be able to understand God's heart, was unlocked. Wow, what a fine line. The same exact word, same exact laws, they just don't control me anymore because I'm not dancing around them to find out what I can and can't do. Wow. Now that would be a, quite a sermon to preach to the church of the world. It says in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 14, it says, Each one is tempted when he is drawn away. It says in the New King James Version, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. The devil's tactic, even praying. James is talking to Christians, and uh, most of the gospel actually post the book of Acts is talking to Christians uh, it's very rare that they're talking to the world. I mean, maybe a line or two. So you can read it all and say, this should apply to me. But he's telling you what can happen, that you can be drawn away. And that's going to be the devil's tactics to try to get you drawn out of. It's not drawn away. It's not drawn away out of doing good and being good and out of church. Right? If you go to church because you feel like you have to, then you've got the whole thing wrong. If you're reading your word because you're like, man, I haven't yet, I'd still encourage you to do it because it's life for your body more than you know it, but your heart isn't right. Sometimes we don't feel like praying, and you do it anyway, and I, you have to do that 
just like you should exercise even when you don't feel like it because it's good for your body. But ultimately, there's a respect that will come, right, that you actually will crave the workout. You'll want to do the workout even when you don't feel like it. There's a deeper thing inside you that craves it because you know what it's doing to you. It's worth it. Am I bouncing all over? Are we making, am I going somewhere? It's making sense? James chapter 4, on the other hand, says, verse 7, and we can just sandwich these two together, James 1 and James 4, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So you're drawn away. The devil's going to try to draw you away. He can't use, he can't use really anything supernatural. The supernatural, all it is, is going to use the things in that you all, if you have an issue with hatred, then he's going to try to target, he'll use, he'll create a supernatural situation, but it will be your hatred in you. It's not going to be some sort of hatred that's beyond you or bigger than you. It can all, he can only use what you give to him. That's it. That's period. You need to know that. Don't think ever. It is a lie from the pit of hell. Devils convince you that you have no choice to react a certain way, talk a certain way, be a certain way. You absolutely do. You've given yourself over to him is what's happened. Thank God there's a way out because he says submit to God or the new NLT says humble yourself before the Lord. And then you can only resist when you do that. And it says to draw near to God. Come on, everybody, let's say this out loud. I'm drawing near to God. And he promises me that he is drawing near to me. The devil's going to try to draw you away. And, you know, it's so obvious. Even a sheep who thinks they're being a good sheep, but it's off to the side doing its sheep stuff, but not in the fold, gets picked off by the wolf and is gone. Now, when that sheep dies, it's still a sheep. Goes to little sheep heaven. <laughs> Lord's like, hi, little lamb. Hi, little sheep. You're still a sheep. Love you. But that was dumb. We still have to stay. Devil's going to try to draw you away. I'm not talking about drawing you into hell. Not even touching that. Not even going there. Because we're, we're not even dancing around those lines, are we, as his church? Right? That's not this church. But I'll try to just draw you away, get you sidetracked, get you off, get you focused on some other things, even good things, get you pulled away, even so focused. Listen, we're a praying church. We've been praying for this election for four years. We've been praying for this election for six years. I didn't, we didn't stop praying through this whole time, but we've certainly been praying. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's not the election, right? We know that. We must pray. It's like we must do it, and yet it's not it, but you have to do it, but that's not it. But if I don't do it, it's going to be not great, so I have to do it, but that's still not it. So we can get so focused in that that we forget, okay, you did what you got what you wanted, you prayed it in, and Devil's got you over here now, and now you're just some political person. 
and not a God woman, God man, who knows their God and prayed because they have the heart and will of the Lord and saw their nation in trouble and did what it's the same. It can look so, you know, devil's a copycat, right? The only way he got Eve, how did he get Eve, right? He took the word of God and he twisted it just a little, just a little. Just, he just twists. He's such a copycat. It's all fine lines. I've said that forever. But the entire Bible, your entire Christianity is fine lines. I'd prefer that we don't even touch the lines. But what the devil's going to try to do is get you close to lines. And they're so fine, you don't know when you crossed them or not. Get you off to, you just get off, right? Who, who knows that, you know, you know quickly when we're off. I'm off. I'm off, Lord. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you. Doesn't mean I don't love him. I just know I'm a little off right now. Maybe I focus too much on this part. And I just need to just turn and I just need to be intimate with you. And I just need to, I just need to love you right now. I just need to worship you for you. I've been praying so much for this thing and just forgot just to pray to you because I love you. This, is this speaking to anybody? So the Lord says, though, a promise, and I love when he promises. Don't you love when God gives us promises in his word? Because I believe them. I just tell my mind, even if my mind doesn't believe it, I tell my mind all day, every day. When I'm praying like that, that's how I think in my mind. Lord, your word says this. When I'm thinking things during the day, I'll think things and negative things, think of stuff's going on, and I just say, but Lord, your word says this. I believe your word. Your word says, and I believe it. I don't know what it's going to look like. I certainly don't know what it's going to feel like because I don't major on feelings. But some way, shape, or form, you're going to draw close to me because I'm drawing close to you because I believe your word. And something happens there. It says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. What's going to happen is a purity is going to come, a cleanness comes. See, the devil's trying to get, this is how he gets you. We don't, we don't try to get clean so that we avoid the devil. We just come to be with the Lord, and then what happens is it avoids the devil automatically. See, if you're trying to do things and get things and try to skate through, that's why we're always failing. If we just stayed with the Lord, we would have his heart. We would have his will. We wouldn't be double-minded. We would have be single-minded. Our hearts wouldn't need to be purified because they're his heart. Amen. I said I was going to do something with Nehemiah. I, that is my intention. That's my inspiration. I'm just going to read you some verses. We do have a few more minutes. He's, it says, this is what happened. We've been reading through Nehemiah, and it's going to, I'm going to go right. I'm just going to keep this seamless here. What happened is Nehemiah is diligent. Nehemiah is get, building the wall, right? We know, remember the story. Everybody remember for the last couple of weeks. They're making progress. The wall's going up. And they hit that halfway point, and they push through, and they, and they are successful. And he put armed guards. So he knows, okay, uh, I'm going to stay focused. I'm going to stay diligent. We're going to be on guard. And then what happened is, it says in Nehemiah chapter 6, the story kind of changes a little bit. It says, Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1, just quickly, because I don't want to cancel. I want you just to hold what you just got. 
And I want the Lord to tie it together, but I want you to really hold those words that I've just given you, even if you have to go home and listen to them again. Tom always listens the second time. He's got to drive home, so he always hears the sermon a second time. And he said more than once that, right, that that's probably been more encouraging on the way home because it just reminds them all the things that you, it's hard to hear when you're right here in person, right? So maybe you need to do that. But it says, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall. And this, this is what I've been kind of been alluding to these last couple of weeks, even before we got into this little series with Nehemiah. But I really believe the Lord is doing something now. As I started in this sermon tonight, this morning, that the Lord is really moving. I, I really believe it, that God is changing things. Things are changing behind the scenes. But we must stay diligent. Things were changing in the earth as Jesus was going from city to city, but he still had a mission to complete. He was changing things one city at a time, but there was still an ending to come. So this is where we've been inching towards, and, and so we should feel really good. Not prideful, but pride in the Lord. Just feel good that, wow, we've been, we've been doing it. We've been trusting the Lord, and wow, Lord, our prayers are moving things. The prayers across this nation are really moving things. We should feel uh, it's a healthy Christian pride. It's not outside this room. Right, But to feel like, wow, Lord, thank you that you inspired us to do that, gave us the strength to do it, and we've been doing it, we've been diligent, because I'm seeing it. And so what happens is it starts to encourage you. But this, So the devil, he's going to come with that encouragement, and he's going to try to steal it from you. And so it says, I had finished rebuilding the wall, and that no gaps remained. Remember last week we talked about there were gaps in the wall, so the strategy was to be on guard, put some people in those gaps and don't let anybody through. The whole story is about building this wall to protect this city that's not even built. The city's still destroyed. So there's such a spiritual implication to it, how important it really is to, uh, to have the Lord, the, the surrounding of the Lord. That's that circle of the Lord that's inside, to be in. Not even really anything to live in yet. That happens later in the story. But there's, the, the most important thing is to create that safe zone. The spiritual uh, picture here to this story is amazing. That Why was this wall? I mean, he, they were still under captivity. And in fact... I mean, it's just one nation after the other. Even when Jesus comes, Rome is over them. So it's not even like by doing this, suddenly they're going to have a wall. They can keep enemies out. But spiritually, it was so important that they built this wall because what it did is it separated this inner part from the outer part. And that's really what the Lord wants us to be. That's what we are really building and protecting. We're protecting it spiritually, it's, it's individually, and it's as a nation. Is that too much? Or are we getting that? So that's what we've been doing, and that's what we're going to continue to do. So it says that though we had not yet set up the doors and the gates, and so what happens is, and I'll just go quickly here, because I just wanted to read a few verses, and I believe the Lord's going to pull this all into one thought. And it says, uh, it says, So Sanballat and Geshev sent a message asking me to meet them. Everybody say to meet them. It says that one of the villages in the plain of Ono. Isn't this amazing? Of the plain of, oh no. Yes, Dan. Oh no. They were trying to draw him away and interrupt to pull him out of the city, to pull him out of the safe zone that the Lord told him to be in and to build. Try to draw him away. And so 
it continues. I could say a lot of this, but just quickly, I think you get it. I won't um, carry on. It says, I realized they were plotting to harm me, so I replied by sending this message to them. I'm engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? And I really believe that the Lord wants to be intimate with us, wants to be one with us. I've been talking about unity and oneness since we started the church, but especially this year. The devil is going to really try to get you sidetracked, get you you're still the Lord's, you still know the Lord, and maybe you even feel like there's some validity. You know what? I need to go over there and tell them, the king, I have a decree. I was sent here. You have no right. I was sent over here to do this. You have no authority. I have the authority to build this city. Do I need to explain myself? I was given the favor from the king. Remember the beginning of the story? Remember all that? And so sometimes, as Christians, what we need to realize is the way the devil could draw us away, we just need to stay close to the Lord. We don't need to worry, and I've talked to you about this before. Jesus didn't worry about what Rome was doing. In fact, if you want to talk about what Jesus' strategy with Roman captivity, you know what it was? When they ask you to go one mile, go two. That's what he was talking about. Romans had the right to ask any Jew to carry their stuff for a mile. So Jesus says, when they ask you to do it, go an extra mile. That's where that comes from. So you want to talk about Jesus' strategy with, with, uh, with, with the stuff that's going on in the natural? Uh, it's very different than what we think. And his strategy really is, uh, ultimately, <laughs> what he's saying to do, what he was saying to do that was, you are becoming like Christ. You got to draw into Christ to do that, don't you? It's certainly you got to humble yourself. Well, how, what happens when we humble ourselves? We just read it in James 4. We're getting closer to the Lord. The Lord's getting closer to us. Sin is leaving us. So something that the devil will try to do is keep you a Christian, get you sidetracked, just draw you away, draw you into, their, into all these other arguments. And I know that we've been talking about these things, but I really feel like the Lord wanted to say it again. Maybe now matters more than, than the whole year. But Christians right now, you cannot be drawn away into all the other arguments and all the other works. What is the work that he has asked you to do? You need to stay put in that. And there's a reason why he's placed you here. There's a protection inside this city and inside this wall. And it might not even look amazing inside yet. Don't worry about the, where you're at. Just stick with where he has put you. And that is for his purpose. Stick to the mandate and let God work out the rest. So it says four times they sent the same message, and each time I gave the same reply. The fifth time, Sanballat's servant came with an open letter in his hand, and this is what it said. There is a rumor. Man, I could really preach from this. There is a rumor among the surrounding nations, and Geshem tells me it's true that you and the Jews are planning to rebel, and that's why you're building the wall. According to his reports, according to his reports... Man, you put a little added to that. Man, that sounds like 2020. Uh, you plan to be their king. He also reports that you have appointed prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim about you. Look, there is a king in Judah. You can be very sure this report will get back to the king, so I suggest you come and talk it over 
with me. There it is again. They're trying to draw him out from the place and the purpose that God told him to be. Now, for instance, let's just make this relevant. Maybe God has told you right now what I want you to do is I want you to get up each day. I want you to spend time with me. I want you to love your family. I want you to prepare some things. If you're in this church, then certainly the Lord's telling you that. If you're in this house, it's the Lord telling you, when we're telling you, prepare some things. I want you to be praying. I want you to be focused, though, more on the unity, focused on the love, focused on raising up whatever family or the people around you, focus on that. Don't worry about all the chaos. And the enemy is going to try to get you frazzled, especially now. Maybe the news is going to get even crazier. It's possible. I mean, every time it happens, we're like, I didn't think it could get any crazier, and it does. Don't get sidetracked with any of that. That is not for you to fight with or war with. I'm the king. I've given you the purpose. Doesn't matter what the devil says, what rumors he says, and all these rumors that are circling around and all the ways that he could try to draw us out. And we feel like, well, we need to stand up and defend ourselves now. You don't. You stay put in what he's asked you to do. I'll let the Holy Spirit make that more intimate and personal to you. That, that was kind of... A little bit, um, uh, uh, what's the word? Broad for our, this group. But, from the, but each person, I believe, in here, you know where the Lord wants you. You know what he wants you. You know the church he's asked you to be in. You know the pe people he's asked you to be around. You need to just stick with that and trust him. And don't get drawn away with all these other things. And I replied, there is no truth in any part of your story. You're making up the whole thing that's the devil the devil's a liar but we're not going to get into his lies we're not even going to worry about his lies i'm just going to keep proclaiming truth so it says they were just trying this is nehemiah now giving his commentary they were just trying to intimidate us imagining they could discourage us and stop the work so i continued the work with even greater determination there's an intimidation, there's an discouragement, and ultimately what it's doing is, and drawing you away, now you're outside of God's will, you're outside of his presence, that's what this place is, is his presence. You just need to stay in his presence, stay in his will, don't get drawn out, because ultimately the devil then is one, he has stopped the work. And then later, verse 10, I went to visit Shemaiah, son of Deliah, and grandson of Mehedabel, who was confined to his home, and he said he had COVID, so he was confined to his home. He said, let us meet together inside the temple of God and bolt the door shut. Your enemies are coming to kill you tonight. But I replied, should someone in my position run from danger? Should someone in my position enter the temple to save his life? No, I won't do it. I realized that God had not spoken to him, but that he had uttered this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him, and they were hoping to intimidate me and make me sin. Then they would be able to accuse and discredit me. So he says in verse 14, crying out to the Lord as he's, as he's writing down this book, remember, oh my God, 
all the evil things that Tobiah and Sambalat have done, and remember Noadiah the prophet and the prophets like her who have tried to intimidate me. And it says in verse 15 on October 2nd, and look at the timing too, I think it's interesting. It says on October 2nd, the wall was finished. See, he stayed where he was called to be. He stayed put, didn't get pulled away, didn't get sucked into all the other arguments and all the other stuff. He just stayed focused. And again, I really just want to be with the Lord. I really feel like the heart of the Lord is to be close to him just for him. But if you won't do it for that, there is a protection that we get, that we need in that place. Ultimately, that's why I started that way. It's for him. But there is, we need to stay inside that place and we get pulled off. We're getting out there. It gets dangerous. The enemy's picking off sheep that way. We're seeing it happen. And he says, when our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. Amen. Amen. The Lord is going to do some things in this season. We're going to stick to the mandate he has given us right here. And meanwhile, well, we're very diligent about what he's given us. When we come out of this season, it is not going to be, look at us. We prayed in a president. Or we prayed peace back into this nation. It's going to be, look at us, how much we have grown closer to the Lord and grown closer to each other. Because when nations are gone, presidents come and go. Kings rise and fall. When time is rolled up like a scroll, you're not taking any of the things of this nation, whether it's good or bad with you. It's going to be taking what the Lord says. It's very clear. You look through his word. It's going to be those little things. It's going to be the love. It's going to be the way you loved. It's going to be your relationship with him, right? That's why we build with gold, silver, and precious stones, not wood, hay, and stubble. We can get off and do all kinds of buildings and all kinds of things and get off from the mandate, and we get to heaven, but then the Lord takes it, he tries it by fire, and all of that is just burned up. Amen. Does that make any sense today? Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're asking us to draw close to you right now. And we just thank you, Lord. Lord, in that place, there is protection. There is peace. There's joy. There's hope. Lord, our hearts are purified. The devil can't touch us. Lord, why wouldn't we want to be in that place that you're asking us to be in? God, why wouldn't we want to be there? Why would we try to go out and try to do it and get tired in our own strength. But, Lord, we, we stick to what you have given us, Lord. We trust in you. We stay where you've told us to stay. We're not going to get off. We're not going to get, Lord, like the world. We're not going to bring a mixture. We're going to trust you. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we're actually going to become more intimate together, Lord, by being in that place. And we're going to grow as your church and as a body in Jesus' name. Amen.